Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's good? What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Hogshaven Podcast, powered by SB Nation. You can find us at hogshaven.com, at hogshaven on Twitter and on Facebook. I am your host, Molly Mole, Jamal Forrest. You can find me on Twitter at LetMoleTellIt. Do not forget the you. You know why we're here. Washington is 1-0, man. 1-0. Taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars, they defeat them 28-22 to at FedEx Field. Um, Washington has quite the day uh, from a, an entertainment standpoint. And, and I asked people on Twitter, uh, one sentence takeaway from today's game, and boy, oh boy, <laughs> was the responses hilarious. I'll just go through some of them. Coach Hitstick. Big time players make big time plays and big time games. Uh, Rep the DMV. I think I'm going to start making regular doctor's appointments. <laughs> Early morning, easy morning, DC. They need a win and got one. Uh, another one, uh, Gonk 15. I'm happy we got the win, but I don't have season long confidence in either our quarterback or ID, especially against cover comp- competition. Zim 489. This is going to be the most Jekyll and Hyde team that I can remember as a fan. Um, Cole Killer, no apology for wins in this league. Uh, Dante Abstract, they showed an intensity and resilience I've seen developing slowly over the past two years. Disco, we showed some dog. Uh, who else do we got? Uh, no one from Tampa. Bring the pain. Uh, Chad Wisp, bend but don't break. Cam Curl, underscore. This is going to be a roller coaster season. Big Snack, Three Ring Circus, 
And then TH Port, the Carson Wentz experience is alive and well. Ladies and gentlemen, when I tell you that first game, Caleb Justin, who responded as well, stressful. When I tell you that first game from Carson Wentz, was the experience like we got baptized initially there there was no secrets behind it there was no uh no teasing he said this is what you're going to get he a that man that man the, the tweets that you see like before you enter my dms this is what i look like <laughs> this is what you're going to get that's what carson Wentz was that first game man he said before i show you anything further in these next 16 games this is what I look like. Uh, but ultimately, man, Carson Wentz, uh, while he did have a very stressful day and a very poor third quarter, um, he finishes the day 27 of 41, 313 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions, sacked one time. Um, even his head coach, Carson, I mean, Ron Rivera, <laughs> someone asked him how he's going to handle the Carson Wentz roller coaster right over his season. I mean, he said, I'll take antacids. So we all know what we're going to get from Carson Wentz. And as we get through this game and this recap, uh, I think the most important thing is understanding the differences in, in what his play is. Like, you've been warned throughout this offseason. You've been warned even up until the, the day of this game, the Jacksonville game. And you have to understand like those stories about Carson Wentz were never a lie. You just couldn't see them yet because you were not seeing them in Washington. And you finally get an understanding of what those ups and downs look like all in one game. And you start off the, the first half, I believe, uh, as efficient as you could be 16 to 22, 170 yards, 171 yards, two touchdowns in the first half. You looked comfortable. You looked in control. Uh, and I think like some of his throws were incredible. Like one of the best throws that I saw on the game in the game was the throw to the Antonio Gibson on the sideline when he hit the wheel route, somewhat of a pick, uh pick play. If I, if I remember it correctly, but ultimately uh, you have uh, a defender trailing Antonio Gibson, but Carson Wentz throws a bullet to Antonio Gibson's back right shoulder and is able to hit him in stride. And he ultimately gets down the field on what, Looks like, I think, like a 20-yard, 25-yard run, catch and run by Antonio Gibson. And I, I think that was one of his better throws all game, man. It was very impressive. Ultimately, you know, unfortunately, we 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 ended up fumbling on that drive by Curtis Samuel. But that first half was as good as it gets. And then you reach the second half in which you couldn't establish anything from a, a pass game, a run game standpoint. That second drive, or that second half, excuse me, Good Lord, like you start you start the drives with uh, a punt on one drive. Second drive, you have another punt. Third drive, you have an interception. Fourth drive, you have an interception. Like that's that's as bad as it gets. <laughs> that's as bad as it gets uh, for a team that's only up 14 to three heading into the half. Um, and, and 14 to three by God's grace. Now, obviously, Washington missed opportunities when we talk about that fumble in the second half. I mean, in the, in the second quarter. Uh, by by Curtis Samuel, you're driving. You have opportunity to score in the red zone. You're actually at Jacksonville's 39 on the second and 10. Um, and uh, it's no game. But again, you're you're facing a third and 10. But ultimately, again, Curtis Samuel fumbles, trying to run in between the tackles. You miss out on the opportunity. But Jacksonville, again, when we talk about their opportunities, <laughs> you have uh, a missed field goal, a fourth and three situation where 
uh, Travis Etienne is unable to catch the ball where I personally think he wasn't he wasn't going to get in regardless of where he was at if he caught it. Um, there there's up some for some debate, but I, I think that they were in good position. Washington was to make the tackle on Travis Etienne at at the three yard line. But again, turnover on downs for Jacksonville, so you get blessed in that regard. And then you have a missed field goal at the end of the half for Jacksonville as well. So presumably, let's say ten points was wiped away from the Jacksonville Jaguars heading into the half. You have a 14-13 game right then and there. And then you have a swing in which Jacksonville starts the second half going uh scoring the last 19 points of a game going up uh from down 14 3 to 22 to 20. so now you have a 14 13 game imagine if they scored 19 at that point now you're looking at a 32 14 game i think my math is right right because <laughs> you know i'm not that good at math but I, I trust myself and i'm not gonna do no calculations but if i am not good at math please tell me with the rating and a review that Jamal, you are not that brilliant. <laughs> but uh, no, that's but but back to my point, man. I uh, just understanding that both sides had missed opportunities, but Washington mightily struggled in that uh, that third quarter altogether. Two punts, two turnovers um, that ultimately gets Jacksonville back in the game. Uh, but overall, my thoughts about this team, and we talk about the the, the Jacqueline Hyde about Carson Wentz. You saw it firsthand what you got, but then. Uh, Carson Wentz comes in and, and, and saves the day. He cleans up his own mess. Um, and I liked how he came back after that second interception, uh, which was an incredible one by, by, by Trayvon Walker. Like a lot of people um, were trying to figure out, like, was it really his fault? Like some people asked me that on Twitter as well. And, and to, truth be told, um, in, in theory, you saw him just throw the screen because that's where the running back is supposed to be. But at the end of the day, when you look at, a situation in which Wentz faced where there was pressure at his feet, there was pressure in the backfield. Uh, that's one of the ones where you have to quickly assess where your help is and, and if these guys are even blocked properly. And Carson Wentz didn't take the time while he had pressure in his face. It's part of a quarterback. Like, this is all happening at a quick instant, at the snap of a finger in terms of what you're processing. And Carson Wentz wasn't able to really take advantage of that, that situation and understand, like, this isn't a play where I try to force it to the running back. And what happens is Trayvon Walker makes an, a, a better play, picks the ball off, uh, tries to house it, but he's not able to. The play before that, uh, the deep out on the sideline, he was late. He understood that. Um, and uh, he actually spoke on that, saying that, you know, his pair of picks was an ugly stretch. He said the first throw was late. Second play was a hell of a play. Uh, and then he even admitted that his game winner wasn't that good of a throw. But he was happy that Jahan Dodson was put on display and the world got to see what Jahan Dodson can do from a receiver standpoint, making a play. But you just understand the point, like the Jekyll and Hyde of Carson Wentz was uh, on full display. And to be honest with you all, if you had doubts about who he was or what people felt about him uh, from an Eagle standpoint or from a Philly standpoint, it's not a lie. Um, there's no more hiding. You'll, you'll have some games in which it'll, it'll be clean and you don't even have to worry about it. But then you'll have some of these games. And then you'll have some of these games in which it won't work out in Washington's favor. And are you prepared for that from a, from a fan base standpoint? Got to ask yourself that. <laughs> I was personally fully prepared. Um, and I think one of the situations with Washington and Ron Rivera is how do you prevent Carson Wentz from uh, continuing to get, in himself, get himself in these situations? Uh, and that's a question to be determined. But ultimately, like when you, when you think about how many times he threw the ball, you wonder... Why are they why are they not running it so much? But it's but if you think about how how this whole game worked out, 
Washington had 28 rush attempts. Now, six of those was from Carson Wentz, so ultimately 22 rush attempts. But when you have the ball as, as long as they did, they controlled the clock 32 to 27, 32 minutes to 27 minutes. Um, and that's including the the three and outs or five play drives, the two five play drives in the second half. Uh, but they're trying to run the ball. They're trying to establish a ground game. And they tried to do it in, in a variety of ways. I liked how they utilized Curtis Samuel. I think this was a very good opening game for Curtis in a, in a quote-unquote debut, given that he really didn't play uh, as good as he – as he didn't play as much as he wanted to, to be more clear and fair to Curtis Samuel. He didn't play as much as he wanted to in 2021, obviously dealing with his injuries, but Washington clearly had a game plan and a strategy for him, and I liked how Scott Turner was able to utilize him uh, throughout the course of the first half and even throughout the second half as well when they were able to get the offense flowing again. Uh, that two-minute drive slash four-minute drive to really close out the game for Washington, um, it was a beauty. It was a beauty. 13 plays, 90 yards, five minutes off the clock, giving the ball back to uh, – and a touchdown, excuse me, giving the ball back to the Jacksonville Jaguars down 28-22 to 22 with 30 – with just, uh, just under two minutes left in the game. I believe they got the ball back – uh, with a minute and 46 seconds left. I'm sorry. So they got the, yeah, just under two minutes left. So I was, I was right the first time. So just understanding that that, that four minute drive was incredible. That four minute situation. That is kind of when I talk about in preseason situational football, how important it was. And obviously we saw a two for two in the red zone, seven to 10 on third downs. Um, all of these things are critical and, uh, if we had to make one last flashback to preseason, for those who know me, <laughs> uh, clearly they were able to, to to perform well against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, and the questions about being able to execute in critical situations and key situations was a, a non-factor in week one. So I'm just happy to see them get off on the right foot offensively. But secondly, when we talk about that defense, uh, we kind of alluded to where the issues were, right? Defensively, you had drives in which the Jaguars just missed opportunities, a missed field goal, turnover on downs at the three-yard line, a drop pass at that, and not even to mention before that drop pass by Travis Etienne, uh, I think uh, Jacksonville had a play on first and goal, if not second and goal, where they dropped a pass in the end zone for a touchdown. And then you have a missed field goal at the end of the half, and then you have the touchdown, the field goal, uh, the field goal and the touchdown from the Jacksonville Jaguars. All those points scored being in the, the third quarter, early fourth quarter. Um, ultimately, this is a game where Jacksonville had 62 yards or 62 plays, um, but they were able to really convert off the mistakes of uh, Washington and actually Washington just keeping them alive situations. I mean, look, they had 13 penalties as well, the Jaguars did, but yet they still found their way in the game. 123 yards, 6.8 yards of rush. Uh, when you're concerned about being able to stop the run, like that's that's what happened in the game as well. And obviously those penalties from Washington was very untimely. All penalties are bad, but certain ones that keeps drives alive, uh, big drives in which your defense is playing well, uh, that's that's problematic. So how they were able to get in the end zone um, as much as they did was more so uh, on the, the backs of the defense versus Jacksonville being so effective. Now, I will give credit to uh, Trevor Lawrence in particular. 
I think he was the one who was the byproduct of mistakes by the Jacksonville side. Uh, there was several drops by his receivers. Um, obviously, Trevor Lawrence had his ups and downs, but I thought that he had a really good game against Washington. But the issue that Trevor Lawrence faced was more about uh, the opportunities that they missed from a receiving standpoint uh, and, and some of the touchdowns that they, some of the surefire touchdowns that, that Jacksonville dropped. As it relates to the good and the bad of defense in particular, I, I talked about some of the drives, but the good and bad from Washington's defense in particular, uh, I, I do like the pressure that they was able to create. In particular, Jonathan Allen, you saw him. Deron Payne, you saw him. Uh, Jonathan Allen is continuing his season from a year ago, uh, pressuring the quarterback. He did get hurt late, as well as for Darian Mathis, who got hurt earlier in the game. Uh, and hopefully, like that knee was bad. That knee looked really bad, but... Hopefully that he's okay. I mean, it's not serious. Like, hopefully it's a sprain. Um, AJ and Dre from the Chopper Dive podcast, they try to tell me, like, when that cart comes out, you know, you got to be careful. And while I <laughs> completely understand and, and usually agree, uh, that man, uh, Phil, is 320-some pounds. And I'd like to believe that it's just easier to transport him on a cart than it is anything else. And I think that's... What I'm hoping for in terms of fingers crossed, I hope that his season is not over. Um, I hope that he's able to continue on and just deal with the sprain or anything to that degree or a slight uh, injury that, that doesn't cause him to miss the entire season. So uh, we will see with that one. But again, the good and the bad defensively. I like the pressure that they were able to bring. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was getting hit all day consistently. He was only sacked, I believe, two times in the game officially but he probably got hit about 17 times and that's me exaggerating but he got he got hit at least uh nine to ten times in this game and one of the bigger things and one of the best players that that had or one of the players that had one of the best games defensively for Washington uh was that Derek Forrest was able to take advantage of one of the, the instances in which Trevor Lawrence was hit right like the 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 game ceiling interception Trevor Lawrence again had uh, one turnover, uh, but the, the game winning interception was created by pressure up front. But then Derek Forrest able able to make a play defensively and get under the football that sailed. It was a poor decision by Trevor Lawrence. Again, trying to force something where he knows that uh, unlikely uh, you're, you're going to have to face that fourth down and try to make a play there, keep your team alive. Uh, but throwing it downfield to a situation where it's like four defenders in the area and you have about two or three receivers, uh, you're outnumbered. Uh, you ultimately don't want to give that opportunity to the defense to make a play. But fortunately for Washington, they did. Um, so the pressure was there. Derek Forrest had a really good game, man. He was consistently all over the field making hits. He also had a forced fumble uh, where he laid his, his helmet perfectly on the ball, perfectly placed. Um, so you're interested and, and happy to see that Derek Forrest was able to step up in uh, the absence of Cameron Curl, who was very excited by uh, Forrest's play Post game, man. Very excited that he that he was able to step up and, and have that opportunity. Uh, Christian Kirk went off six catches, seven, 117 yards. Longest was 49, I believe. That was the one that Kendall Fuller gave up on a, a corner post route uh, where uh, you know he's just he was just fooled by the pressure that Kirk was able to apply to him and uh, he exploded past uh, Fuller for a big play. Uh, we kind of understood that Curtis or Kirk was going to be a problem heading into the game. I kind of alluded to that in the preview and understanding how you have to kind of protect uh, your defense by making sure you're aware where Kirk is. But also I thought that Benjamin St. Juice was going to get more uh, looks on them, but uh, Jacksonville did a really good job scheming Kirk on the linebacker, Jamin Davis. 
And when you take those opportunities, you have to take, or when you get those opportunities, you have to take full advantage of them. And they were able to do that pretty often. He had 12 targets on the day. Uh, They're leading receiver in terms of reception yards or receiving yards, but also targets as well. Uh, the defense still tall from in terms of uh, creating pressure. Derek Ford's had a good game as well. Jonathan Allen, um, Cole Holcomb, we're going to have to talk about eventually because you giving up the, 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 the play in which you did at the, at the end of the game, damn near the end of the game. Uh, the one play 11 yard run by James Robinson, I believe after the, the, the Wentz turnover, the interception, it, it was a very poor attempt at a tackle. Uh, obviously missed tackles happened, but it looked like at that moment that the, the energy had completely left the defense. Um, but Carson once again, after that drive came in, was able to revive the team, uh, and, and get these guys back in it. Overall thoughts about this defense though, uh, ladies and gentlemen, when you have to assess what they can do for you, uh, I said in a preview as well, and I still mean this even more than I, than I did then the opportunities that they get, whether it's third down or turnover opportunities, they have to take full advantage of it because I'm not expecting them to be able to really stop anyone. <laughs> and and that's me being nice. I don't think they'll be able they'll, they'll be able to stop anyone per se, but if you can take advantage of those uh, third downs, like I said, and then obviously whenever they gift you an opportunity, like Travis, uh, Trevor Lawrence did throwing the ball up in which he did and uh, Derek Forrest coming down under it. I think you're in good shape, like defensively, statistically, right? Jacksonville had three third down conversions on 12 attempts and they went over one on fourth down. Again, that could have changed if ETN caught the ball, but ultimately statistically three of 12 on third down, all of one on fourth down. They limited, uh, Washington did of two or five in the red zone again, statistically, because we, we kind of know in between the numbers, what things look like. But ultimately what I'm saying is those are what numbers need to look like for Washington to be successful in defense. They're going to give up yards. You average damn near seven yards a carry for the Jacksonville Jaguars offense did, um, on the ground. And, uh, there was explosive plays throughout. So, you know that you're going to give up yards. So you have to find out how you're going to get around that, how are you going to manage that, and it comes down to the money down and if you're able to create turnovers. Uh, the six penalties for 63 yards, two big ones on one drive. Again, we talked about Kendall Fuller already twice. So ultimately, outside of that one drive, you had four penalties. Um, so you had a good day in that regard, but that's kind of how you're going to get out of trouble on that side of the football is playing mistake free when it matters. Um, and Jacksonville is not the team where you can really say they'll be able to do it consistently. But I think this is a good starting point for this defense. And it's a good starting point for the offense as well, because they have mistakes as well. Um, it's a very good starting point to really engage and assess what mistakes you made and how you can get better. Uh, but you can't allow this to happen moving forward to other teams. Cause you got Philly down the line. And Finney down the line, meaning uh, you have them in two weeks. Then you have Dallas on the road. And you got Tennessee. And eventually you got Green Bay. Detroit is a fighter. They put up 35 on Philly. They're going to continue to fight. Week two is not going to be sweet. 
a lot of people can see us Washington going one for one to start the first two games, even though a lot of people said two and those starters essential uh, one and one is also very likely with this team and the way they play today. Uh, you're not going to see Detroit uh, unless they're horrible. Right. And we're going to get a sense of that as the week moves along. You're not going to see Detroit fold at home two straight games in a row to start the season. This ain't the same Detroit team from last year. So ultimately, you got to take advantage of your opportunities. You have to understand that this ain't something that you can keep easing by throughout the season and think that you can win every single game like this, especially with a Carson Wentz who uh, is very opportunistic for a, for a, for opposing defenses. <laughs> he will give them opportunities. Offensively, what I liked, what I didn't like, um, I liked how Washington was able to force the Jags D to, to really tackle an open space. Um, often throughout the entire game, uh, the Jaguars defense failed to do so from a consistency standpoint. Uh, Curtis Samuel, Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, all were able to make plays on opposing on opposing on the opponents, forcing them to miss uh, multiple occasions. Curtis Samuel got busy in the first half. I mean, you kind of saw early on again, as I said already, just exactly what Washington was missing last year from a playmaking standpoint. He had some explosion. Uh, he had some acceleration that was on display. Um, and, and the agility that he had, the lateral agility, uh, created a ton of headaches for the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. So all that being said, I liked how uh, Washington and Scott Turner was really able to get these guys in open space. And Curtis Samuel, I mean, excuse me, Carson Wentz did a really good job of getting these guys opportunities at the line of scrimmage, whether it's through checkdowns or whether it's through uh, just quick passes uh, through like Carter. Curtis Samuel was able to create on um, slants in, in like these angle routes that got him open near the middle of the field. So that was really good. I like to see that. Um, also, Carson Wentz, four touchdowns on the day, but all touchdowns were to Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, and obviously Jahan Dotson, who got two of them and one of them being the game winner. Um, I liked how they were able to execute from a, uh, plus side of the field, like I talked about earlier, but that pass to Terry McLaurin was kind of a symbolism of of exactly what you get from a Carson from his anticipation standpoint. Uh, the the cornerback was playing bail coverage and completely lost the feel of where Terry McLaurin was on the sideline. But the thing about that is Carson Wentz knew exactly where he wanted to go. He threw a pump fake to throw the safety off, but ultimately Terry was his guy the whole way. You saw Terry accelerate on the sideline. When the blind spot, the the Bell DB uh, lost focus of where he was, and I think that was Shaq Griffin um, ultimately. But you kind of saw these things and in, 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 in how Carson Wentz was able to take advantage of it. So uh, the good is just how they were able to utilize these guys and how Carson Wentz was uh, ultimately able to take advantage of all three receivers in different varieties or different facets of the game. Uh, while Terry, I thought, could have got involved a little bit more. Um, it was timely. His touchdown was timely. And ultimately provided a spark to get us back in the game, get Washington back in the game. What I didn't like uh, was the interior offensive line. Now, this is, I want to put a, like a, uh, what's the word? Uh, I guess a tab on this one so we can look at the film and, and understand. But uh, that pressure up front, I think, was more so given up on the right side of the line with Sam Cosme um, and, and Andrew, I mean, not Andrew Norwell, uh, Trey, not Trey Turner either. <laughs> Wes Schweitzer, the guy who got hurt, who who's out with a hamstring as well. Um, I think that 
while the right side of the line had some some issues that they were dealing with, I think the interior offensive line altogether uh, was the ones giving up pressure. And uh, but what I didn't like was again uh, interior offensive line. We'll bookmark that and circle back on Wednesday to to kind of get an understanding of uh, who uh, what really happened in this game. And then secondly, uh, what I didn't like was the Carson Wentz interceptions. Um, while we made light of like this is who you get, ultimately at the end of the day, when it comes to like point bank period, can you do this? Uh, compounding mistakes on top of mistakes, man, uh, it's going to get your team in trouble, and you're you're going to lose some of these games like that. So, uh, for for me, uh, I I don't I don't approve of none of these uh, none of those mistakes. Obviously, nobody does, but just understand that uh, when you see a person for who they are. Understand that that's what comes with it, and you pray to God that these type of mistakes can be mitigated by the influence of Scott Turner, right? Uh, what I really liked again is how they use these guys in space, and, and also obviously Antonio Gibson had a hell of a game. Um, him creating in the way in which he did, uh, and then Scott Turner using him as a true offensive weapon. Um, I loved it, I loved all, all bits and facets of that. I loved how Carson Wentz, um. He was able to really connect on all three levels of the field today. Uh, he, we had a number of explosive plays from the offense in terms of being able to connect on the sideline for the 20 yarders, uh, connect down in the middle of the field for the 20 yarders. Antonio Gibson running a, a corner route slash pylon route out of the backfield uh, on the first drive in response to the Jaguars field goal, opening field goal. You get him on the sideline. That was impressive. Uh, I, I loved every single bit of one of those things. And uh, just one thing that I really have to talk about from the offensive standpoint, because spurts happen and we need to figure out exactly how these spurts happen on, on the side, like what didn't work for Washington. In addition to, I mean, cause obviously spurts happen, but what really didn't work from a schematic standpoint. Uh, but ultimately uh, when, when those spurts happen, you have to make sure that you pay mistake free football in advance as well. You can't just force things and, and hope that you can you can get away with something with your arm strength because you're completely late on the throw, ultimately being an interception. And then you also have to be careful on screen plays when there's so much traffic that you're you're making the right decision. And sometimes the right decision is living for another day, spiking the football, and moving on. So that's that. That about wraps it up on my thoughts on the Washington game immediately after the game. Let's stay tuned throughout the week so we can get some further and some cleaner thoughts on the game from a, a film perspective and and, and get an understanding of what really happened throughout the X's and O's in a schematic standpoint. But um, fortunately for Washington, they were able to get the win. I love the resilience. I love the fact that they were able to fight back and stay in it, uh, even after those late turnovers and inability to really move the ball for over a quarter and a half of football, um, So, uh, or slightly over a quarter and a half of football. So, yeah, stay tuned throughout the week. We do have some people coming in to recap and things like that. So, uh, yeah, be out of here. Y'all be safe. Enjoy y'all day. Peace. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. 
serving collectors since 1945. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.